I'm Dave Champion. There's been a fair amount of media coverage concerning the Pfizer vaccine in reference to the side effect of Bell's palsy. So today I want to do three things. I want to talk about what Bell's palsy actually is. I want to share with you my personal experience with it. And I want to share my thoughts with you concerning the vaccine in general. If the Pfizer COVID vaccine is causing Bell's palsy, which it seems to be in a number of people who take the injection, what exactly is Bell's palsy? Bell's palsy is an affliction of the seventh nerve that feeds the face. I'm going to show you a graph in a second. And what happens is when that nerve is adversely impacted, and by the way, medicine science does not know to this very day what causes Bell's palsy. But as you can see, this is the nerve structure of the face that is affected. And you'll notice right here is where the nerve comes out into the face from in front of the ear, and it spreads out going to above the eyebrows to all the way down into the upper part of the neck. So what happens when that nerve shuts off? Yeah, paralysis of one half of the face, which is lovely. And I can tell you from personal experience. One of the things that irritates me when I see people on social media, I guess they're trying to defend the Pfizer vaccine by saying that Bell's palsy, by the way, the full name of it is Bell's palsy of the seventh nerve. They're saying that Bell's palsy is temporary and irrelevant. You get it. It's there for a little while. It goes away and you're all good. And that is not remotely factual. So by the way, if you're one of the people who are saying that, shut the fuck up. Because as somebody who's had to deal with it for the better part of my life, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So what does the onset of Bell's palsy actually look like or feel like? Um, In my case, there was absolutely no sensation at all. I didn't know I had it. The first time I got it, I was 18 years old. And I rolled out of bed. And I went to take a shower. This is in the days before the federal government regulated the volume of water that could come out. So there was a lot of water coming out. So I turned on the shower, waited for it to get warm, stepped into the shower, and looked up directly into the water. Okay, so just inundating my face. (laughs) And inundating my mouth, and my throat, and my eye. (laughs) Because it was my eye was locked in the open position. I think a lot of people imagine when you have a nerve problem that affects the eyelid that the eye closes. It's just the opposite. The eye locks open. And I had no control over the left side of my mouth. And so water was gushing into my mouth and going down my throat. Basically, I, I, I suppose, although we didn't know the term back then, I felt like I was getting waterboarded, right? I'm like, oh, God. I pulled myself away from the shower. I'm like, the hell? Okay, so I go in the shower, I go put my face in the water again. Same thing again, right? I'm like, what is going on? So I turn off the shower and I get out of the shower and I look in the mirror and half of my, there's no way to replicate it. Half of my face though is hanging there like a slab of beef. No motor function at all. That was how I realized that I had Bell's palsy, although I didn't know it was Bell's palsy at the time. I was mortified, right? I'm like, oh my God, I'm 18 years old and half my face is paralyzed. Oh my God, the, you know, I'm looking at the future of my life with a half paralyzed face. I had no idea what Bell's palsy was. So I called up the doctor. I told him I had this emergency situation. Come on down. So I jump in the car and I drive to the doctors and I get into the exam room and the doctor visits with me and he goes, okay, so you have Bell's palsy and you should be okay in about six weeks, which is typically true. Okay. So, and it was true in my case on that go around. Okay. So at 18, 
uh, it took about six weeks for full functionality to return to my face. And that's how it is for the vast majority of people. I want to be very clear about that, okay? <sighs> yeah, but I got it again 10 years later. Before I get on to what happened when I was 28, I wanted to tell you a quick story about what happened when I was 18. So, okay, so one half of my face is just hanging there like a, a slab of meat, right? So I'm at a friend's house with a bunch of my hooligan friends, and we're watching Saturday Night Live. This is way back in the day. And I think Belushi did something that cracked me up, right? So I'm laughing hysterically with one half of my face, okay? So it's like I'm laughing, and this is a slab. And, and suddenly one of my buddies looks over. And he's like, oh, my God. And he starts laughing hysterically. And then everybody else looks over. And they're looking at me. And they're laughing five times as hard at how ridiculous my face looked as anything going on on Saturday Night Live. Because if you can imagine somebody, half their face is laughing hysterically. And the other half is just hanging there with not a single emotion, just like dead meat. But in the end, that go around was just fine. A couple weeks later, my face was restored to normalcy. All right, so I'm 28 and it strikes again. Now this time I know what it is, right? I look in the mirror, I'm like, are you kidding me again? So nevertheless, I go to the doctor, I'm thinking, okay, I know the first time around a decade ago, they didn't, there was nothing they could do for it. So let's see if something's changed. So I go to the doctor, they're like, nope, nothing's changed. There's still nothing we can do about it. You just have to sit and wait. Okay, I've been through this drill before, no sweat. Except this time, it does not go away completely. Now, it, it went away quite a bit, but my face has never quite been the same. Haha, <laughs> no jokes. When I'm really tired and my right eye begins to droop, as happens when we get tired, this eye does not. Also, you'll notice in some of the videos I do when I make like <laughs> exaggerated facial expressions, you can see the difference in the, the degree to which my eye opens or doesn't open. And I see it in still photos all the time. You know, somebody, I'll be at a party or something and somebody will snap a picture of me and then, you know, they'll say, hey, do you check out this picture of you? And I'll like blow it up a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's messed up. Because I can literally see the difference in how the eyes are open. The other aspect that's never gone back to completely normal is this side of my lip. Day in and day out, I don't notice it. But when, when I do notice it is late at night, let's say, you know, two in the morning, I wake up, go take a leak, come back to bed. I keep a little water next to the bed and I'll take a sip of water. And for some reason in the wee hours of the morning when I've been asleep, the, the muscle strength is not there. And fairly often I'll get water streaming down here because my lip <laughs> won't stay closed, which is one of the things when you have Bell's palsy, you know what a problem that is while you're in the midst of it. I mean, literally, when you drink water while you're in the midst of Bell's palsy, you have to drink it like this so the water is retained in the part of your mouth that's not experiencing the Bell's palsy. Same thing if you're eating soup or anything like that, you have to come up tilt your head and pour it into this section because if you leave it level, it'll just fall right out. There's no muscular control there, okay? So I still have a little bit of that at night. So is Bell's palsy, even when it doesn't go away completely, is it horrifically life-altering? No, it's not. But it's not cool and it's not desirable, which brings me to the Pfizer vaccine. Now, I have no opinion 
about whether you or anybody else should take the vaccine. I have no need of it. That's all I need to say for myself. I know where my immune process is, so I have absolutely no need for the vaccine and zero intention of taking it. However, if you and I were sitting having lunch and you said, well, I think I'm going to get the vaccine. Hey, carry on. I don't judge anybody else if they want to get the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer per se. I have no need for it, so I'm not going to do it. If you think it's a nifty idea, carry on. That said, now we talk about the vaccine in terms of Bell's palsy. When I look at the possibility of you getting Bell's palsy from the vaccine and that perhaps you, like me, it will not go away completely. I, I guess if you're 90, it doesn't really matter. I, I've been living with this since I was 28 years old. So it's, it's been there with me most of my life, right? So if you're in your 20s or 30s or maybe even in your 40s and you don't want Bell's palsy and you are concerned that if you get it, it you might have the same experience that I do. So in reference to the Pfizer vaccine, this is my opinion and nothing but that. If you feel you need to get it, get it. The, the vaccine, not Bell's palsy. <laughs> However, if you have no real need for the vaccine. And we know there is this possibility that you could get Bell's palsy. And then we know there is a possibility that it might not completely go away. Science knows it doesn't always completely go away. And I'm, I'm a prime example of that reality. It does not always completely go away. So my thing would be, if you want the vaccine, take it. If you need the vaccine, take it. Uh, if you're in a high risk group and you want to take it, take it. If you really have no particular reason to take it and the Bell's palsy thing doesn't sound appealing, well, then perhaps don't take the vaccine.